and welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Clongos Wood College. My name is Rossa McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. In Portraits of Clongos today, we talked to Willie Burns, who left school a year after I did in 1979. A very well-known rugby player within Dublin, very adamant about the sport, loves it, a businessman, and he's joining us today. Willie, welcome to Portraits of Clongos. Thanks a million, Russell, and thank you for having me. Delighted you could join us. And the first question that everybody is faced with is, How was your time in Clongos and how do you remember it now looking back? On reflection, Rasa, I really, really had a great time there. Like us all and all the other guys who you've interviewed, the first few months were very, very difficult, particularly after Christmas in the first year was exceptionally difficult for me. Um, But the overall experience was actually brilliant. And to say I've made friends is an understatement. Our year in 1973 to 79 are a very, very tight year. I would conservatively say I could speak to 20% of them every three months about something and we're held together very, very well by David Soden, a classmate of ours who on a WhatsApp group. So it's very, it's vibrant. And there's a, we had a great connection or Mm. I'd say all of our year together would overall, hopefully. So some guys wouldn't be, might not have had the experience that I had personally, but we're, we're a very tight year. And when you say, um, your first period in Clongos was tough up to Christmas. Uh, what was yeah. that? Um, yeah, I might go back a little bit further. So I was very fortunate. My three brothers had gone to Clongos ahead of me. I'm the youngest of seven kids, born and bred in Burr. I'm still in Burr. I'm speaking to you from Burr here at the moment. Our father, unfortunately, passed away in 1969 suddenly. So there was seven kids under 18. Wow. So that was a huge challenge for my mother. And two of the boys were in Clongos at the time. Um, in junior cert, I suppose it was, intercert and leaving cert. And my sisters were in boarding school as well. So the, the wheels came off, if, if you can imagine that. So mm. I have very little recollection from eight years of age actually to go into Clongos. And I can't even remember ever visiting Clongos in that And you period. must have. Must have, but I can't yeah. have very little recollection of that, even though my both my brothers, I'm sorry, that had been there when he died, were very successful in rugby and all sorts of things. Mm. And then Jerry... Who was just ahead of me? He went uh, three years ahead of me, so he was there when I arrived. Yeah, and he unfortunately Jerry is not with us anymore, but he had suffered a lot of ill health through diabetes, type one diabetes. Controlling that in the late fifties, sixties, and early seventies was was very difficult. So he had a very very tough time there, and that affected you in a way. Uh, not really. It was just that it was lonely. Like yeah. all of us were lonely. It was it was a tough. Uh, period settling in and I'd say and would you mean Tommy gone by the time you went yeah. they both well, had gone, left yeah. they had gone so Jerry was there just myself and Jerry were there at the time yeah. and he was a great source he was a he was a totally different character and then there were two other brothers he was he mm. was uh, he was academic to a point and both of us I'd say looking back we might have suffered from a little bit of ADHD or some sort of thing looking back now this is as a an adult mm. who's who's been self-diagnosed <laughs> with this by my family every day <laughs> So there were definitely issues and I would have struggled academically as well, not knowing that at the time, you know. Mm. This is your family diagnosing, is it? Not yeah, this is my, this is yeah, osmo, uh, osmosis, I would say. Yeah. More than Google doctors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, in a sense, you don't have a memory then, other than, we must have had one when you went there. The oh first yes, thing. I remember, I remember the first night there. I don't remember yeah. going up to Avenue or any of that sort of stuff, but I remember the first night there and I remember the two guys I slept beside vividly. 
mm. was John McLade and Desmond Howard. And one bed down again was uh, the great Fidel Fogarty. All right. <laughs> he was a character, to say the least. So he, yeah. he was fascinated. I was, I'd never met somebody from, he was from Canada. And it was allegedly that his, he told us that his dad had brought, he reintroduced snakes to Ireland in a suitcase. <laughs> but there was lots of great stories that time. Mm. So you weren't intimidated, obviously, the fact that not really. Was, no, yeah. I was. I had played rugby before, and so and my brother was there, and my brothers were there. So the older boys were you, they knew who I was. So that was that was a massive help, without doubt. Yeah, like you, who you would have gone on straight fresh. You know, it's it, it, that's daunting. Yes, it is. I mean, no family of mine yeah. went there before me. I was the first. Uh, you know, there's only ten of us who lived abroad, so I didn't come from a rural town. So it was different. When you looked at everybody else, how they clicked in and they had family. In hindsight, you realise it was slightly different. By the time I was oblivious to it, I was just scared the whole place the first day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's daunting. But I was just thinking about it this morning as well, and I just I was thinking about, I'd say, you know, three quarters of the counties in Ireland were, were boys from three quarters, at least three quarters of the counties in Ireland mm. in Laos, you know, all the southern counties. It was in, there were a couple of boys in the north, mm. uh, Belfast, Donegal, Cavan, Monaghan, that type of stuff. So it mm. was great. And we were t- it was an hectic bunch like every year, you know, which were not accepting, where there was no exceptions. And do you know anybody who went there? No. You had no friends who came from No, Paris. interesting. One little thing, and you had uh, Peter Gray on, and his yeah. dad had killed in the, in the plane crash in Staines, I think it was yeah, Staines. Staines yeah. And Michael Lockern, who was in my year, his dad was also killed. Was in he that on accident. that as well? Yeah, he was on that as well. And my oldest brother, Jimmy, and Mark were very close, and Michael was starting the same time as me. So he came down to Burke to visit. Right. Is Michael was uh, academically genius. And yeah. I was saying, God, I'm not going to fit into this place. But we, we remain good friends. And he's part of a very, very close year now still. Yeah, I never realised his father was involved. Yeah, yes. Uh, I was uh, very clearly remember Rory telling me when I was only yeah. 12, 13, and it does leave an impact. You have, you can't imagine what that is like, as Peter yeah. so well described his experience. And, yeah, and I'd say possibly then that both our fathers had passed away before we were going. Yeah. So there was there was a connection there as well. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about what the place may have given you for life, tools, disciplines, and ways you think. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's got me to think about that. And, you know, uh, it was a Cormac Lucy said, <laughs> if you were fired into prison, you'd, you'd yeah. survive. And I would, I, I'd agree totally with that, mm. of the routine. And I visited uh, Port Leash and Midland Prison recently mm. as, a, as a visitor. And... Uh, <laughs> Let's be clear, there, as a visitor, yeah. As a visitor. Um, the routine in prisons in Ireland is, is, is quite unusual. Every prison in Ireland open up, opens up at 8 a.m. every morning. The mm. gates put across, whatever. But that's similar to us, what we were doing. So our meals were regular. Yeah. Uh, you did the same things every day, all that type of stuff. So you could adapt. I could, I could, I, I said, that rang true with me. And you could adapt to any situation, really. Mm. But yeah, it, it was, it, that, that, that those, those routines were great and that, but I was looking back at the study hours. I'd say it went over my head a little bit. All this, I, I, I wasn't wasn't really able to apply myself as I should have compared to other boys in my year. Um, the the, the intercert went very very well, which was great for me. But that I think headed south after that, mm. um, unfortunately. And did you enjoy your time then, if academically? Ah, yeah, it was. I loved it. it Would be the same. But the, the reason I loved it, the, the, the guys in my year and the years above me, and you guys ahead me, and guys below me. I would have felt that I quite interacted and I love interacting with people mm. and the boys that time and, and the Jesuits and the lay staff and the kitchens and everywhere. 
Brother Fitzgerald, Brother Glanville, uh, Brother Chana would be similar. So I had good connections there right throughout the school. Mm. And um, so, I, I, yes, I had a very, very good experience. And you touched on as well, where we were sort of the transitioning period of O-levels, which is now fourth year. Yeah. So we brought guys who were the year below us came into our year and, and vice versa. Some went into your year. Yeah. So all of that was, there was a, there was a good blending factor in there. Yeah. So yeah, we did all that. We called it all those and now it's yes. uh, TY. Yeah. yeah. And probably a totally waste of time for me because there was, no, I was, because I was playing rugby, I played senior rugby in my fourth year and I probably, I didn't know study whatsoever. I'd say but then it was <laughs> a challenge sort of that way. And sport is very important to you and still is. Well, yes, exceptional. Yeah, huge part of my life in various things. I played a lot of hurling when I was young mm. and I kept it up when I was in Thongos. And that was an important factor as well for me living in a small town that you didn't lose connection with the town. And a lot of, and I know a lot of a lot of Thongos guys around Ireland when they go to boarding school and then head on to university that they might lose a bit of connection with the town unless mm. they're the local GP or lawyer or whatever it is. But I was very, very fortunate that I could keep up that connection through hurling yeah. and rugby. And Burr was quite a vibrant underage structure back in the 70s through with some great men there that brought rugby through. Yeah. And so I played rugby, sorry, I played rugby before I'd gone to Thomas, which okay. would be on like a lot of people there. Yeah, most of us hadn't. So Yes, correct. correct yeah. You had a head start there. That explains a lot, Willie. Yes, I tell you. It was the three years you played in the SCT, was it? Yes, yes. And uh, positions. you wing forward? Hooker. I was looking forward the first year and then Hooker, yeah. yeah. And your final year? Yeah, hooker, Hooker. Right. And 78 was your medal winning year? Yes, yeah, that was a big, big, that was a big year. So there was three of us from fifth year on that, mm. Tony O'Sullivan, Mark Atright and myself. And then a few of the reserves was Matt Connolly, um, Brian Dowley, Anthony Barr, that they were younger than us. So I remember mm. those guys vividly, yeah, great, great. Was that great. pressure on you going in? Come back the next year to no, yeah, we, no, we had, we didn't. Not not no real pressure, but we didn't have a very good side like, mm. on the paper. We didn't have a good side, and we actually we did okay in in, in throughout the year. We we got to the to whatever third round or the uh, quarter final, so it went fine. It was fine, mm. but uh, but that seventy eight time was 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 incredible. You know, when you look back and. The, Everything and we probably talk about it later on. The organisational skills, all sorts of stuff from a rugby point of view. But the Tongos, what you asked me earlier on, really was it a good experience? Yes, it was a great experience. But solely because of my peers in the year, I would say they were just great and a great bunch of guys from totally different backgrounds and not most of them not non-sporting really. You know. Yeah. But there's a high percentage of uh, what we call country folk, wasn't there? Like Tongos still had a, people from rural towns. Yeah. yeah. They're all rednecks, basically. Yeah. Though every lots of them, you got a few Dublin ads in it, yeah. but you had a few guys like Canada was um, and George T was from America, yeah. and you had, a, you had a great you had a great mix. Yeah, and Joe, and Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe gave you. So Joe was a, Joe was a bit of a star. So Joe, Joe was the David Duckham of our time in yeah. Tongwood. Yeah, like sound winger. Might have to cut that bit out. <laughs> So when we say those disciplines and organisation skills you're talking about, what kind of things would you be referring to with them that you brought along with you in life? Timekeeping would have been, now people say, geez, late, but time, I made a bit of a boo-boo this week with a timekeeping. But, you, you know, you got up at half seven, you you, you got your back and you were 20, you know, 20 past eight or 20, whatever, ready to study at half past eight. Nine o'clock, the bell rang again and off you go. And that was the day was that you were out on the field at 10 past four, back in for tea. So all of those things, you know, yeah, you, and I suppose in rugby or, or any sport, you have to turn up. And if I did, if I missed a session as hooker, the whole thing falls apart because yeah. you, you've no to throw the ball on the line out. That, those little things. Yeah. Um, 
and that's so that's stood to me. And and I I kept up the the sport thing after school. I went to UCD and man's down and back to various clubs down down around here. Mm. So I love that, and I, and I love the camaraderie of it, which was even better. You say the, you're the most known man rugby. Which... Pardon? <laughs> you're the most known man rugby in Ireland. You've been to so no, many no, clubs. Yeah. No, Who was, don't you know? Clubs. There was enough clubs involved, anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, your own kids didn't go to Clongos as such? No, so yeah, so that that was a big thing. That thing now, I'll get my daughter will have me over a barrel here on this one. So what happened, uh, I would love my son to have gone to Clongos and we went up and I came home and my wife said to me, which well, she's dead right, she said, we want to have a look at a few more schools. We looked at all the schools. We were in Kilkenny, then Stahl, we were in Buckwell. We went, did the whole Chibango mm. and then out came the Matrix. So I said, mother, so these are plus and the minuses. Yeah. So I, I skewed it every way. Yeah. It was for myself, for myself, as she yeah. says. But anyway, Bill, my son, ended up in Ross Gray, and, and that was a, a phenomenal experience for him. And he's outclassed me. He was a school captain and the school captain of the, school, the rugby team, and he's academically smart. So this, and that, and down the back of the bus again. <laughs> yeah, my daughter ended up in Turles as well. She went to boarding school in Turles. Now, you know, because of all this, I had such a good experience and I feel that the boarding school thing was so good for me that I, I said, hopefully it'd be good for them. But it has turned, currently it's turned out quite well for them as well. Yeah. And do you not feel uh, selfish as a parent to have to want to keep them at home and not send them away? I, I don't know. I, that, like, I, this has been touched upon a lot of times and I speak to a lot of people. I would definitely say if I, I was living in Dublin, there is absolutely no way either child would end be in boarding schools yeah. like they could have been end up in the Gonzagas, Black Rocks or whatever because all the schools. Now, Borough is a brilliant school. The community school in Borough, I went there for a year. It's a brilliant school. But I think that you're, if you're, and this is the big thing where our time, there were big families, youngest of seven, there was, you know, sevens, eights, all that sort of stuff which was unusual. Um, for me, if I didn't go to Clongos in, uh, under the family, my own family mm. circumstance as the youngest, where the wheels had literally come off, my mother, without doubt, has, would have, she did a phenomenal job to be able to put us all through mm. boarding school and university. I don't know how she did it. It was, you know, the sacrifices that she made were off the scale. But if I had stayed, I'd say, in Burr and things hadn't worked out, uh, you know, from socially, whatever, that it would be, I would have a, a completely different life. So it was been very positive. And then moving on from uh, from Clongos to UCD, was great and you know like the like the, the the bus moves out and moves in somewhere else and that's what happened with all of us and mm. you were there and we had loads of pals there and so overall you, you don't there's no bad times other than loneliness you just I, feel yeah, ready. you would have you know there were, there were definitely times where where I was struggling academically um you, you know you know if you're achieving high standards in some parts of your life and then the others are slipping a bit you you you, you, you without doubt you you question yourself and then now Looking back, would, um, would I don't think it was dyslexic or anything like that, but there the, the could have been sort of better helps there, which are now definitely in schools where you know they're picking up stuff that we would never have picked up, you know. Yeah, and you, I think all of us would look back and say, even in national schools, that you say if you weren't if you were struggling, you were put down the back of the class or even fired out of the class into a shed, which happened here in Bury. You know? Yeah, and there's an argument some people have raised. Why was it stream Rudens one, two, three, and four? Oh, yeah. And yeah. the fact that yeah. you were in Rudens four was kind of a statement of 
well, that's the furthest you can go, really, <coughs> which is not the most motivational tool, whereas nowadays it'd be great much differently. I never thought of it that way, but uh, in hindsight, you say it's a bit demoralizing to be relegated to Division 4 in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, but then but how do you get out of Division 4? Yeah, correct. The, you know, this is the big thing, you know, I think. You're kind of marked. Yeah, oh, you're, you're goosed in some yeah. ways, but you look at now, and I've been involved, heavily involved in Ross Gray when it was closing down, and you're a bit not, not so much. My wife's been involved in Turles, mm. that, you know, and that's an 800 girl public school. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of a lot of competition there. Yeah. So you do, and this is if somebody was saying to me, you know, if you're going to send my kid to Tongos, you're going to send them to somewhere. As a parent, you would definitely have to invest in it as a parent. Those the, the days of chucking your kid at the top of the avenue and say, best look, see you at Easter and Christmas, yeah. they're over because the families aren't, you know, they're, 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 I would say buy into it. Yeah. Now, don't stick your oar in too much, but definitely keep an eye on things. Yeah, and the, the demanding is not the wrong, it's the wrong word. They want mm. to know what is going on, have a say to a point. I think Tony Egan was saying that he noticed that when he went back as a prefect and stuff like that. It, it, kids aren't just dropped off now, they're, there's more integration, it's more structured and yeah. there's there's kind of a network around a student coming in to pick up different things at different points and the parents yeah. do have a say. Whereas we were left with a little bag to go in, they took us up to our cube and that was about as far as it went, they went yeah. home. But you, you guys touched earlier on it, the guys who came from Killashi. Yeah. Like the guys there without doubt in my, well, in my year and your year and I know them and when they, they literally were holding each other's hands when they arrived in um in first year in Tong was they'd come from Killasheed, probably started it there in at six years of age and known nothing different. So they were they were daunted coming into a big, big school. Yeah. But those guys, you know, they're probably friends for life as well. And yeah. you know, they put them on. And they had each other. Yes. Who'd you meet in the entrance exam? Do you remember? I don't I have no idea. I can't that's why I was this thing I no, I can't remember the entrance exam. I probably even bunked out of that too as a bit before I might have might <laughs> I can't remember there. Yeah. And your first memory, as you say, was in the avenue. My, no, no, the first memory of me was in the top open, and it was I was I can nearly tell you who right from the top down to the bottom, who, who were in, in the beds, and I was on as you face in the top open. I was on the right there with Johnny McLeod was the first <laughs> one, and Desmond Howard, uh, Fogarty, and Charlie McCreary. Well, down why the was that though? It's usually alphabetical. I mean, I was, Lucy no, and no, me. No, no, yeah, you're right. That's everything else. You move yeah. into six year rooms, all yeah. of that, all alphabetical. And in that time, it wasn't there because I remember, you know, and this... It was actually by age, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, it was yeah. age in our year. So yeah, it wasn't our year. Now you say it, yeah. The annex was down the bottom. Correct. The very end. That's yeah. where the really young lads were Young, there. that's right. Now that you say it, I remember that. That's exactly Yeah, they were yeah. all the very, very young lads. Yeah. And uh, Michael Lockman actually was the youngest boy in our year. So he wasn't... He was 11. Most of those guys were 11 when they started. Yeah. I was, I was 12, over 12. Yeah, I'd, I'd done school in Spain, yeah. Going yeah, on 13, you forget some people went there at them. Yeah. Right. A lovely guy who we, I've lost a bit of contact with, Clive Hopras. I don't even remember Clive. Yeah, Clive, yeah. Especially the guy in the, he, he was an uh, organist and he was a very talented musician, but he was he was the leader to pack down there and he used to challenge us to a raid, he said. <laughs> so I remember all that. Yeah. I think they've, I was down there last week, I think they've secured those doors from the top open to the six-year block. <laughs> So yeah, you don't want to get those attacks that happen uh, yes, yes, yeah, by yeah. six years coming into tow water and cause trouble when John O'Keefe had a night off. We had Joe Ward as our We did Joe Ward, yeah. We had John O'Keefe. And the frightening thing, and John Ox touched upon it, is, you know, we forget how young the prefects were as Jesuits or scholastics. They were minding us. Looking yeah, back, we thought they were 
because we were 12, we thought they were widely experienced. But John O'Keefe said to me at the last few, and he really shouldn't be allowed to do what he's doing. He had no idea in a way. Yeah, but that's exactly incredible. Tony Egan was brought in, in Burr for a while. Before mm. there were Palamore, Burr, Palamore, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And Tony and I hung around together. Yeah. So he arrived back in the early 80s as a, as a third line prefect. So yeah. I can imagine it was daunting. Anyway, but and he was extremely, he was there for I think 30 something years. Yeah, he's in. close to 40 between what well, he used yeah. to visit, obviously, when David and um, uh, was his other brother who passed away recently. Terence passed away recently yeah, as well. Yeah, it's for Terence. And uh, he went there and then he went there as a student, he repeated. Then he was there as a scholastic and then he came back as a teacher and a prefect. So, as he said, it was a guts of 40 years, if not 40. Uh, just to go back to the Clongos thing, the Clongos family, which uh, I, I suppose I, I'm always harping on about here at home, is that when my father did die, I do remember where I went. I, that weekend was a Friday, the 21st of November, 69. I remember distinctly oh. it was the piece of the presentation. But I went to a Clongos family in Burr the weekend. I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral. Mm. Then the following few days, we ended up at Dooley's Hotel, which was you know, Egan's, which Egan's is time, yeah. David and Terence and Jennifer and Marguerite. They were, they were very, very kind to us, you know. Mm. It's funny the things you remember, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, that's what Peter said as well in reflection. He didn't realise how much has been done for him in a way uh, and that supported him at that key time when his father passed away and the, the yeah. stains yeah. crash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That Paddy Dagen was alone, yeah. Both parents died when he was in Tongos. I'm not that's sure right. about his dad. And you, so those things happen. And, you know, it, it brings us all together. But there were definitely, you to go back to the question, was it good? It was, it was great. And you have regular reunions, obviously. Yeah, yeah, even there's another one being trying to be organised yesterday by another guy who's is getting involved. But they're everywhere. Like you go, Rasse, you know, every town in Ireland, you could shout out the window, and particularly with nicknames. You know, yeah. this sort of stuff. It's great fun, but yeah. it's juvenile in its way, but it's great. And there's connections in, you know, America. Danny Mulcahy was in Australia, yeah. who got me the job in 1983. He emigrated to Australia. So we're in contact every couple of weeks still. Yeah. And there's a piece of music, Willie, that you hear now that takes you back to yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, 15 at that time. I was really a big music guy, yeah, but Joe Jackson would have been big. David Soden is, he's interesting to go back to David Soden, another awfully man. So David was the big music buff. Now, there was loads of them, but he was the big music buff in our time. And he was the he was the, uh, the mastermind on Eurovision, <laughs> still is, I think, and that. Yeah. Joe Jackson, Jerry Rafferty, you know, the usual super tramps. Um, I remember distinctly, I think it was the schools out for summer, was it being blared out the 29 building? Yeah. Or finished up, that, that type of stuff. So, yes. And actually, Bill Withers, lovely day. Yes, I correct. think it might have been your year. Yeah. That's time, uh, that, all, of the, all of these things, were, you know, it was. Take it back. Vivid memories, yeah. yeah. And, and leaving Tongos was a, was a wrench because, you're, you know, you're going out into the big world. You were, how, you, how, are you, how are you going to cope after Tongos? You know, mm-hmm. that was another worry for me. And how did you cope? Okay. Yeah, reasonable. reasonable. <laughs> You're hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. And if I was to ask you to sum it all up in a phrase, a word, a thoughts, or a couple of lines, Willie? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you, I would say loyalty. First, Matthew McGrath would say loyalty. But, <laughs> um, loyalty was a big part in, in our year and, and awareness that you, 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 I was particularly aware of other guys in my year might have been struggling, you know, from yeah. a bullying point of view, that type of stuff. So you, 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 you were, I was aware that it wasn't as easy for other people as it probably was for me. And I was very, very fortunate to have the rugby. And, you know, when you're say, successful enough in, in, in 78 and that time, it was a big plus for me 
mm. you know, in the school. And I think without doubt, you go back, song was changed. You know, you remember, I think we went through a major transition in Clongos as a school from the early 70s till till 78, 79 and moved on. Absolutely. And without doubt, you go Michael Shield. Yeah. But we'll touch on for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah. You go back, I've, I've been involved in rugby teams all my life. Um, university, club, Leinster, blah, 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 blah. But never in my wildest uh people that I met was a person so organized and you think uh, we he was so far ahead with circuit training we trained twice a day we had Joe Soap cards if you don't know what a Joe Soap you know what a Joe Soap cards we yeah. were marked out of 10 on various things positioning line out drawing scrums awareness tackling defense so that was marked be, be, uh, out after your game and, and then you had that to go the next day and even the final, when we won in the 17th of March in 78, I got a letter from Michael Shield two days later. Um, right. Letter And this Joe Soap card included about how I'd played and what I did, how, how hadn't I played, marks out of 10 on everything. So he kept going. He did, and yeah. he, you, you talk about uh, Joe Schmidt and uh, Stuart Lancaster, but Michael Shield was way ahead of the bossy. But also, he, Philip Fogarty added a great balance, I felt, to was when he arrived. Now, I, I was very close to Paddy Crow. So you go back to Jack Brennan, yeah. uh, Doggy Doggy, which is Father Tom O'Donnell, uh, Pop Casey. No, mm. And I was a massive fan of Joe Burton. Yeah. He was very, very extremely kind to me. Joe yeah. Burton was, uh, and I was one of his captains, not a villain. Um, <laughs> so those type of things, you know, they will, I, they will always be in my memory. And particularly I would like to remember as well is Percy Winder. Yeah. Where I would have been going through a tough time maybe in the first couple of years. So he, he, would, you know, he put the arm around you and just say, "Listen, how are things going?" And you could have that little weepy moment, and it would be per- and he'd be very kind to you. Yeah, have it in silence. Nobody know about it. Yeah. Nobody know. Nobody know. Yeah, and I had the fortune to spend four hours talking to Michael Shield, and he yes. reluctantly admits he was ahead of his time. But when you think back, what he was oh, no, doing no, for no, us no, and everything no, from no. I still do things in my day to day routine that he used to do on notice boards, planning, scheduling. And I met him recently and I said to him, our reunion is the 4th, 5th of November. And he's put on his boots, come back, he's taken them off, come back for a walk. He says, no, no, it's Saturday, it's Saturday the 4th. Now here's a man, 85 years of age with lots of things to worry about. And he picked me up on that level of detail. He still has that organized. We we played God for him last week. Uh, um, Two classmates of mine, one guy. Before he went to France. The baggage handler from Dublin airport. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, he already had the uh, pig farmer from. Uh, oh my God. He's out of so, pigs now, he says. He's out of pigs now, yeah. So anyway, so we played, actually, we were brutal. And she <laughs> beat us himself 85 years old. <laughs> and it's great. That, that, that thing, and I read an article that even Phil Fogarty wrote in the Congonian mm-hmm. somewhere in 1975, actually, about TV and how the influence of society. It's well worth a read if you ever yeah. get a chance. So those guys were like, you know, they were light years ahead in some ways. But even I, I'm going to say another name here, Paddy Lavery. Yeah. Was, he was a tremendous guy. In, in, he was a, he was a uh, spiritual father at the end. Yeah. So they, they were they were there, and there were there was a massive constant presence, which they're going to struggle with now with the, with all the Jesuits gone. You know, not there's only gone. five of them left in the castle. Yeah, I had lunch yeah, with them two yeah, weeks ago, yeah. and it's, it's it's different. I mean, the ethos is still there, but uh, yeah. obviously the Jesuit uh, physicality of being there and teaching us and prefecting us can't be done because there's no numbers. Yeah. 
But he like, but I, I you, you would talk about Jesuits and men for other all yeah. that stuff, which it wasn't really around our time. You know, that was never meant. Does that mean nothing to you, men for others? Oh, just huge now. Yeah. Now it means no. everything. Yeah, that that's 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 us. You know, I mean, that yeah. hopefully that's what we're it's ingrained in us. So it's 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 been, but it wasn't. It might have. It wasn't um, a marketing it, slogan. It then. Nobody preached that to us yeah. in our time. Yeah. Now it's, it would be there, which is perfect. It's perfect, you know. Yeah. Um, but you go back to the motto of the school, which I would touch in my my brother Tommy probably gave me the best version of that is material things don't last. You know, mm. there's other verses about eternity and that, yeah. but and that that rings home for me that you can have all the physical or you know the, the trappings of life, but if you have good friends and you know, these little things are so so important, especially as we get older. Willie Burns, thank you for joining us today. Bye bye. 